Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 160. And wait. We go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 160 of A Shot of Wrestling. I'm your host, at Muggle Jeff Party. And breaking news tonight, a new matchup for this year's WrestleMania just announced this evening. Muggle Jeff Party versus Seasonal Allergies. Been dying all week. Only the first time I've been able to breathe through my nose the last couple of days. Even that's a little congested. I'm going to power through it. What the hell, my guest this week? Hollywood Zane, Mark Schwann. Mark, welcome back to A Shot of Wrestling. Thank you for having me, my man. First and foremost, it's been a week. How are you feeling as an uncalled for punch to the face? Well. The moneymaker. My God, man. Did you contact Eric Lipschitz? I did contact Eric Lipschitz. And uh, Frankie should be getting a letter soon. Frankie Flo. Now, listen. This dude just cost me an opportunity to work on a major TV show. I had an audition on Monday that I had to do. And they took a look at me and they're like, dude, what happened to your head? Mm. I had the mark on my face. It, 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 Did you tell him you got punched in the face by... Yeah, I told him I got punched in the face by a thug. Uh-huh. And? I got some sympathy points. You know, I did my audition, but, you know, they, they were concerned. They, they even said that we're concerned. Are you going to be healed enough on time? I said, I don't know. Makeup can't cover it up? That's what I was trying to, that's what I was trying to say. But needless to say, I mean, Frankie cost me an opportunity. Frankie marked my face. No pun intended. Yo. Frankie... I told, I warned him in the beginning. You heard me say it. You touch me, I'll sue. Yeah. I'm a man of my word. Also, big news: your fiance was there for the first time. How did she feel about you getting punched in the face? She. That, that's another thing. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, you're welcome. For emotional damage caused my fiance. She she doesn't want to go to another show ever again oh, because no. of the fact that she was so upset and devastated to see her future husband, her beloved, her beloved. Go down. When I say, don't worry, sweetie. I'm an advocate for the Deadly Saiyan squad. I, I, they don't lay a hand on me. My squad's got my back. And Frankie gives me a cheap shot. For those of you who don't know what happened, check social media out, by the way. But you didn't get punched in the face unprovoked, by the way. You got punched in the face by the defending Nia Kennedy, who he was about to p- attack or hit. Thank right? you. Which is Thank totally you. uncalled for. Finally, you, your eyes are open, right? All these people trying to attack Nia Kennedy. I'm always going to put my neck on the line for her. I put my neck on, on the line for any woman that sees about to get hit by a man. Yeah. Why? I mean, Nia Kennedy got in his face, but okay, then you back up because, first of all, Nia Kennedy. Right. She's the queen. Yeah. But, like, you don't hit a woman. You don't hit a woman. And thank you for the, your parents raised you right. Absolutely. Putty, your eyes are open. Thank you. I'm well aware of that. Thank but you. I was about to jump in the ring myself to defend Nia Kennedy. I'm glad you didn't, man, because uh, you saw what he did to me. I can yeah. only imagine what he'd do to you. He couldn't reach me, though. He's short, right? He's a short guy, right? Frankie, Frankie is a short guy, yeah. but he's, let me tell you, the dude's a guy of powerful punch. <laughs> it hurt. 
Also, that's what happened at BCW's third anniversary. We'll get more into that later. Well, let's start the show. We always start the show with this week's wrestling replay. WrestleMania 14, March 29th, 1998. Fleet Center in Boston, Massachusetts, in front of a crowd of 19,028. Small crowd considering nowadays. Yeah. LOD 2001 by last eliminating the new Midnight Express in a tag team battle royal to determine the number one contenders for the tag team championships in 8 minutes, 19 seconds. Takebishi No Clue defeated some guy I can't pronounce to retain the light <laughs> heavyweight championship in 5 minutes, 57 seconds. Triple H defeated my man Owen Hart to retain the European Championship in 11 minutes, 29 seconds. Mark Merrow and Sable defeated the artist formerly known as Goldust and Luna Vachon in a mixed tag team match in 9 minutes, 11 seconds. The Rock defeated Ken Shamrock via DQ to retain the Intercontinental Championship in 4 minutes, 49 seconds. Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie defeated the New Age Outlaws in a dumpster match to win tag team championships in 10 minutes, 1 second. The Undertaker defeated Kane in 17 minutes, 5 seconds. And in your main event, Stone Cold Steve Austin defeated Shawn Michaels to win the WWF World Heavyweight Championship in 20 minutes, 2 seconds. I hated that match. Because <laughs> the end result? I hated Tyson, actually, after that, too. The whole time? You didn't hate him before the whole rape allegations? I didn't, I didn't hate him before. <laughs> too soon? Too soon? Too soon? Too soon. We can edit that out, please. This WrestleMania was cited to be the beginning of the Attitude Era. It was the last. It was the last event to use the new generation logo. Wait, I feel like the Attitude Era was already like are happening. No, am this I wrong? Was, it started. It started. But apparently, this was the official launching point. This is the official when it started beginning. This WrestleMania. This is some random facts for you. The more you know. I remember this very vividly with Mike Tyson. They had the whole pre-WrestleMania. This is before Access. They had the pre-WrestleMania like showcase before. And some guy threw a battery at Shawn Michaels' face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Some asshole. You know what's funny? I remember the build-up a lot more for this WrestleMania than this WrestleMania itself. Like, the Undertaker-Kane match was cool. Yeah. Uh, Stone Cold, Shawn Michaels. That match could have been better, but you look back on it knowing what happened with Shawn Michaels and yeah. doing what he did. It's actually fucking amazing. Kurt Angle won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. Shawn Michaels put one of the matches of his career with a broken freaking back. Right. Amazing. Right. And, 20 and, minutes. And, like, you couldn't really tell at the time. I mean, you, you, I feel like it wasn't a normal Shawn Michaels match at the time. Like, just something felt off. But, like, I, no one knew, like, his back was was broken. And none of us, we were still young kids, right? Yeah. None of us knew that this would be the last time we see Shawn Michaels. Right. At the time, ever. He was supposed to be gone forever. Right. I know he eventually came back as a commissioner. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But yeah, looking back again, it was like one, two, three, only four matches over 10 minutes. Yeah. Everything else was short. Very, very different in these days. I feel like that's how it should be, though. Three hours? Yeah, it should be fucking three hours. Why? Four hours, maybe, but not, not seven hours. There's rumors it's going to be eight this year. It's going to be the longest WrestleMania of all time, yeah. Oh, great. And I'm going to be there. About to segue into it. You're going to be there for your first WrestleMania. My first WrestleMania. I just, How excited I found are out you? Today. I, I'm, I'm pumped. I, I'm very excited because it's my first WrestleMania ever. But now I'm starting to think like other things like, well, how am I going to get there? How much cash should I bring? Um, yeah. <laughs> when am I ever getting home? That's true. Are you driving? Take a train? Carpooling? I'm going back and forth whether I'm going to drive because I, from where I live to MetLife, it's only like a 36-minute drive or some shit like that. Okay. And then the train is an hour and a half. I'm just thinking about the fact of parking. And your train stop at a certain time, right? My train stops at... My last train is one fifty in the morning. What's the next one? Like 5-something in the morning. I know. I'm not doing that. Worst case scenario, I mean, I'll take an Uber back. I think I'm going to take the train because I don't want to deal with all the fucking chaos at the end. It's a lot of chaos. I, I'm sure it is. Because it's the place lot. is sold out, right? 
But I'm assuming you'll hang out with me and Green Man at the Shoppersing after party in the parking lot by our car. But I mean, if I could find you. If Green Man gets a ticket, Green Man still has yet to buy an official ticket to WrestleMania, by the way. How? Is the place still? It's not sold out then. I'm not too sure if it's sold out or not, but there, there are tickets in the second-hand market, StubHub, when, eBay. When I go to a MetLife, you know, I go for a Jet game, and it's, it's not usually sold out. What's the fucking Jets? Oh. No one cares about the fucking Jets. Oh, you, didn't oh. have to, you didn't have to like hit me below the belt, China, okay? so Hot China or Manly China? I mean, you're a Manly China. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just saying, like, I've never been to like, MetLife when it's been like fucking almost, at least almost sold out. Yeah, because you went to see Jet games. <laughs> but we're watching uh, the Tag Team Battle Royal. How hot does Sunny look, man? My girl Sunny looking smoking hot with managing LOD 2000. It's crazy, like... How she looks like there and what she oh. looks like now. In person, even better. Now? My girl Sunny. Love me some Sunny. <sighs> Did she get arrested again? What are we talking about? I'm sorry. I'm a little distracted here. Dude, focus. I feel like you're going to have a heart attack. Are you okay? I'm okay. <laughs> I just got to focus. <laughs> look what she's wearing. Oh. You sound like Corey Graves when if, Mandy Rose comes out. Sunny was around during the Playboy days. That was the highest seller of all time. Get Sable's number? Oops. Whatever. Yeah, I'm with you. I was We're more still recording. S- Hold on. We're still recording, right? Okay, let's yeah. move on. <laughs> I was more of a Sunny guy than Sable. Oh, Sable was smoking hot. It was it was close. But Sable got the mainstream media for some weird reason. I wonder why. Politicking. Yeah, of course. All about fucking politics. All about who you know. In any world. But anyway. Marshall, we talked about you recovering from the brutal, vicious punch to the face at BCW's third anniversary. I don't know why we're talking about bad times. So but I'm assuming you were kind of dazed for a while. Don't remember too much. But the man who was there ringside the entire night, Pete Rosado. Let's get Pete Rosado on the phone. Let's recap the event that was the anniversary of BCW. Let's dial him up. Pete, are you there? I am here, Michael J. Putty. Welcome to A Shot of Wrestling. You're recovering from anniversary. How you feeling? Oh, uh, man. Uh, I'm still tired, to be honest yeah. with you. Um, I'm still tired. I'm still trying to piece together how I made it home that night, as exhausted as I was, everything that happened. I mean, it was just an overwhelming night emotionally. And then even though I wasn't involved in any of the action that happened in the ring physically, like just a night takes a physical toll on you. But I'm just worried about how Mark is doing because, I mean, Mark took one hell of a punch, Real punch. from from Mr. Frankie Flo. Yeah, let's talk about that. Frankie Flo, man. He, listen... I, I know we had some jabs at each other in social media, but the dude was wearing a ring when he hit me. That's uncalled for. Uncalled for. And I had an audition on Monday. I, it completely ruined my chances. <laughs> that guy, man. I, I, I can't wait to go to LAW and ruin his place. Well, I will say, uh, I, I don't know if uh, Frankie hitting you had anything to do with the audition going bad. I mean, um... Oh! I, no, but I also want to say this. Listen, I mean... Let's just let's just be fully transparent to start off, Michael J. Putty. Yes, sir. The Deadly Saiyan Squad um, was victorious in their big war to end end it all. The the DLC match, the doors, yes, ladders, sir. and chairs match <laughs> that happened. I secretly think Frankie Flo and LAW went and bought all the tables from every hardware <laughs> store in Queens, and that is why BCW was not able to obtain tables for that night. Uh, thereby having to turn it into a DLC match. Sounds about right. Um, Good theory. But <laughs> the Deadly Saiyan Squad was victorious. Let's let's start with that. Let's be transparent. Let's be upfront. The Deadly Saiyan Squad was victorious. Big win. There's no denying it. Everyone saw it. We yeah. we won. Big win. But let's be real here. Okay, and I said this on commentary 
and 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 I've already sat down with Mr. Anthony Cole in his office, and and he asked me why, and I was very very upfront with him about it. This is all the fault of the Deadly Saiyan Squad, Ooh. right? Oh my God! Here's the thing. Look, and I told this to Mr. Anthony Cole. I've said this to Eric Jaden himself, right? You don't go into somebody else's house True. and expect for them to not retaliate. Remember, if you follow the timeline back, and I got a lot of respect for Eric Jaden, for Dominic De Niro, Bar- Chris Barton, Rick Recon, and the Deadly Saiyan Squad. I have a lot of respect for those gentlemen as, as professional athletes and professional wrestlers. But they walked into LAW. They laid out Frankie Flo. They laid out the roster. Okay, Dominic De Niro and Chris Barton showed up at LAW kind of like sleeper agents. Okay, and what did they do? They walked in there. They took down the roster. Anthony Cole showed that he was the mastermind of this whole plan. And at the end of the day, what is what has Mark been doing? What has Eric Jaden been doing ever since? They've been flaunting around the fact that Eric Jaden is the LAW heavyweight championship. My, by the way, not a small feat. Okay, right. Not a small feat to accomplish. So congratulations, to Eric Jaden, on that. But when you go around basically boasting and bragging that you went up in somebody's house and tore it down, you got to expect some time for retaliation. So at the end of the day, right, L.A.W. and this entire war that has happened that has engulfed BCW that threatened to almost tear BCW apart was caused by the machinations of the Deadly Saiyan Squad. But did it tear BCW apart? Did it? It it didn't. We stopped that from happening. And it didn't because, you know what, thankfully, thankfully, the Deadly Saiyan Squad are men who can back up themselves in a fight. And we're glad for that. Don't get me wrong. We are glad for that. But understand, right? Understand the Deadly Saiyan Squad, right? They walk around big you-know-what swinging. And, and, and that's, that's what not we a bad thing. That's not a bad thing, Mark. That's not a bad thing. But understand that when you put that kind of a target out there, people are coming for you as evidenced by the end of the what should have been. Listen, Mark, you know this. Putty, you know this. Okay? I'm not exactly the happiest man in the world that Darius Carter is yeah. still and is walking around as the BCW World Heavyweight Champion. Oh, okay. trust me, I I get that on a, on a personal on a personal level, right? From a professional level, as a professional wrestler, that man is great in the ring, and he showed it when he defeated Austin Theory one two three in the middle of that ring in the main event of Anniversary Three. Great hell match, of a, hell of a match, yeah. Great match, yeah. One hell of a match, but once again, it came to a head, right? Just when Eric Jaden and the Deadly Saiyan Squad wanted to try and get their hands on Darius Carter, which, as much as I may hate the way the Deadly Saiyan Squad does business and the way I may hate how Darius Carter does business, I was literally sitting there saying, hey, this could be kind of an interesting little exchange here, right? It's what's best for business. Everybody was saying that. But what happened? What happened? BWF ruined it. Once again, yeah, BWF ruined it. Once again, it's because of the machinations of Eric Jaden and the Deadly Saiyan Squad. Good word, by the way. Walking into other people's houses, big you-know-what swinging. And at that moment, when Eric Jaden could have used that main event spotlight to challenge Darius Carter, to challenge for the BCW World Heavyweight Championship, it got interrupted by BWF. Now, imagine this for a moment. Imagine had the Deadly Saiyan Squad not tried to walk into BWF big you-know-what swinging? Had they not tried to tear BWF limb from limb? 
right? What would what would we have seen to close the night at Anniversary 3? We would have seen the Deadly Saiyan Squad, who had just been victorious in a hellacious DLC match, and their leader, Eric Jaden, their wrestling leader, Eric Jaden, in the middle of the ring, standing toe-to-toe with Mr. Darius Carter, with a challenge being levied. Eric Jaden essentially telling Mr. Darius Carter that he's coming for the BCW World Heavyweight Championship. And God knows where it would have gone from there, but what did we end up with? We ended up with BWF and the Deadly Saiyan Squad. And now, the Deadly Saiyan Squad has a whole other war they got to deal with, okay? They've got a whole other war, and they've got a seven-foot monster in TJ Marconi that they've got to deal with, and a whole bunch of vagabonds from the Bronx. And I'm from the Bronx, so I know just how down and dirty these guys can get well and instead of eric J- mark i'm gonna be real with you instead of eric Jaden's focus being where it should be because i'm gonna be honest with you mark i love eric Jaden, but let me tell you something you know what's the only thing eric Jaden and the deadly saiyan squad should have been focused on obtaining the bcw world heavyweight championship obtaining the positioning for the Deadly Saiyan Squad tag team extraordinaires, the East Coast Syndicate, Barton and De Niro, to be the top team when the BCW tag team championships come on the picture. Okay? That's what the Deadly Saiyan Squad's focus should have been. But instead, they've been all focused on all these other companies. They've been focused on trying to go around and big you-know-what swinging. And instead of them being able to focus on what matters in BCW... They're mattering about everybody else, and it's coming back to bite them. Because, Mark, you do a great job walking around with that LEW Heavyweight Championship, but let me be real with you. It would mean a whole lot more in BCW. It'd mean a whole lot more in the world of professional wrestling. Truth. If you were walking around with the BCW World Heavyweight Championship, because here's the thing. Eric Jaden can go on every social media platform, and you could walk around, and you can do everything you want and say to, to the high heavens, that Eric Jaden is the LAW heavyweight champion. And guess what? Darius Carter can sit back, laugh at you, and say, so what? <laughs> I'm the BCW world heavyweight champion. He can laugh all he wants. Listen, all right, Pete, I'll be real with you, man. I respect your opinion. I hear where you're coming from, but you're talking about if, if we were just average people, you know, and, and I would get that, that we're spreading ourselves too thin. But you know what? We're not average you know, I welcome the competition. We all welcome the competition. We welcome challenges. And you know what? Yes, LAW, we started a war. We did. And, and you know what? We, we brought some relevance there to LAW, didn't we? But the fact is... You did. The best thing to happen to LAW has been the Deadly Saiyan Squad. There's a reason. Exactly. That, 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 that's true, 100%. Exactly. And what have we done? We've proven our point with LAW. By beating them time and time again. BWF is going to be no different. Yes, TJ is a big fucking dude. TJ Marconi, his his group over there, BWF, they're tough dudes. But we're even tougher, my man. And Darius Carter, he can laugh all he wants. He thinks he's in the clear. He thinks he's safe. And for that, for that, my friend, ignorance is bliss, my man. Well, he's, listen, he's going to get his. I wonder, I wonder how Eric Jaden's ever going to be able to concentrate on trying to obtain that BCW. Because here's the thing. Eric Jaden's not getting any younger, okay? We He's all getting wiser. Jayden, we all know that Eric Jaden's on the high side of the stun set. But I still believe that Eric Jaden has the ability, he has the ability to be 
the BCW World Heavyweight Champion. He Absolutely does. does. Absolutely does. He but, has the ability to be all three. The BCW, BWF, LAW. And, and just add on to that list on and on and on. Listen, it's the Dennis right. Sand Squad. But We're, how is he going to do it if every single time he tries to step up to get the BCW World Heavyweight Championship, somebody else is stepping in his way because he's fighting everywhere else. You know what? If I, if I were Eric Jaden, here's a little piece of just unsolicited, unasked for advice, but it could be it could be helpful to the Deadly Saiyan squad. If I'm Eric Jaden, if I'm you, Mark, I'm sitting down with the, the sexy Saiyan, and I'm saying, you know where our focus needs to be right now? Our focus needs to be getting the BCW World Heavyweight Championship. And then we can go and mess with everybody else. And then we can go and screw everybody else over. But at the end of the day, we're never going to be able to step up and get this championship if every single time we try, somebody's coming in our way. And see, here's the big thing, the big throwaway that a lot of people I don't think noticed. It seemed like Darius Carter and TJ Marconi may have given themselves a little look. It may have seemed like they gave themselves that knowing look. I noticed that. Wait, and anybody that? who knows anything about professional wrestling knows that when TJ Marconi and Darius Carter are on the same page, there has been nothing that has stopped that crusade. If it ever were to come, that would be a war where I would legitimately be worried about the health and safety of the Deadly Saiyan squad. T.J. Marconi, Big Ego, Darius Carter might even have an actually bigger ego. Those two cannot coexist for more than five minutes. So therefore, well, They would... did for a while, Mark, and they ran through professional wrestling like it was... That was then. Uh, Michael J. Putty, what's the uh, what's the language barrier for our show tonight? For you, anything goes. Let's put it like this, Mark. When T.J. Marconi and Darius Carter have been on the same page, they've run through professional wrestling and some of professional wrestling's biggest and best, like it was their little homemade bitch. But this is, and that's the thing. They this are is now. danger. They are a dangerous crew, and if the crusade. The crusade for change ever came back together in its strongest form? Now that, that would be a war that the Deadly Saiyan squad, I'm guaranteeing you right now, will hope they had never started. Because <laughs> one way or another, even if the Deadly Saiyan squad were to be victorious over the crusade, they will never, ever be the same again. Well, after what happened at BCW... Things have changed with the Deadly Saiyan Squad. Things are changing. We're evolving. And you see, that's what's going to make us even more dangerous. You thought we were dangerous before? My man, you don't even know what's going to come BCW's way, BWF's, LAW, or again, any other organization that we choose to take over. You don't... I, I, here's the thing. I, I think there's a lot of misconceptions here about the Deadly Saiyan Squad. I, I, I think people have this idea that we're running around like a bunch of uh, the Jokers or something like that from, from Batman, that we just have this chaos mentality that we have no plan that we just do. You don't think for a second we're not sitting down and formulating a plan? You don't think this whole thing might be going according to our plan right now? If it is and no one is seeing it, Mark, then by all means, you guys are the smartest guys in the room. And I'm not saying that there's not a plan. I'm not that there's not machinations behind the scenes that nobody knows. I'm not going to sit here and say that I know what the Deadly Saiyan Squad is doing, how they're trying to do it, what their plans are, what their plans are. All I'm saying is from an outsider's point of view, okay, looking at it, 
and having been in this business for as long as I've been in this business, to know exactly what kind of fights they're picking, right? It can be dangerous, but you know what? You talked about unpredictability. Let's kind of change the narrative a little bit here. Talk about unpredictability. Did anyone predict that Eddie McQueen would walk out in the middle of a women's match at PCW at anniversary? Yeah, what was that about? All I know is that Eddie McQueen walked out in the middle of what was a huge number one contenders match and talking about unpredictable, could we have predicted that vicious streak out of Tasha Steeles? I mean, I know she's a dangerous woman, but the way she went after Riley Shepard's knee, when Riley Shepard's knee gave out, in the middle of that match, it was it was probably the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. A little too, yeah, it went too far. A little, a little uncalled for. I didn't see that vicious side of her. Until you know, I mean, even respect, the Deadly Saiyan Squad didn't go that far with Riley Shepard. Eric Jaden, for all the craziness that he's been causing, even Eric Jaden had the wherewithal to say, "You know what? Let's back up. This, this, we we don't need to be a part of this right now." When when Riley Shepard was in front of them, Tasha Steeles took it upon herself to destroy Riley Shepard's knee. And, and, and Michael J. Putty, I'll give you I'll give you what I've heard from the doctors. I, I've actually spoken to Riley Shepard's surgeons, and they've told us that while Riley was playing on borrowed time, she was eventually going to need some kind of surgery on her knee. The attack by Tasha Steeles at anniversary not only accelerated that time frame for her, but actually exacerbated the injury and no. made it 10 times worse than what it was. Tasha Steeles is solely the reason why Riley Shepard will be out maybe two to three times longer Jeez. than she would have been originally. Don't hear that. That's sad. You know, I do feel bad for Riley, but Tasha Steeles making a big name for herself, though. Big, st- big statement, yeah. It's a big statement. And they're coming out during Faye Jackson's match. You don't want to piss off Faye Jackson. You're just poking the bear. I mean, maybe that's a little... Too far. That's something you don't. Oh, want and to a do. great match by Faye and Sumi. Oh, absolutely killed it. Sumi Sakai, the first ever Women of Honor's champion, gracious for her to make an appearance at BCW. She came out looking to dethrone Faye, and a couple moments there looked like she almost had it. Uh, I know moments, yeah. Michael J. Putty was. I looked back and I saw that he was a mouth agape. The moment when <laughs> the moment when Faye Jackson essentially, I, I guess it was a twerk. I don't know. Oh. Beautiful. Loved it. On that front row fan, Mikey Mittens. I mean, it's probably the best moment of his life. Uh, hands down. Michael J. Putty, were just, you mad that that wasn't you? I was very jealous. First time I can say that about that kid. Yeah, I was a little jealous. I bet you that guy hasn't taken a shower since. <laughs> just going through the rest of the night, I mean, Putty, I mean, let me ask you, Michael J. Putty, what was your, outside of the DLC match, the main event, Austin Theory and Darius Carter, this, the two women's matches that we had on that night, what was your favorite match of the night? Or maybe the match that surprised you the most. One of my favorite matches was what a way to start the night. Big fan of Gabriel Sky and that breaking ground match to see Gabriel Sky now an official member of BCW. That was just well, awesome. The, those two, the, the those proving ground match was a great match. I think uh, a lot of people didn't expect that out of Tristan and Gabriel. Nope. Um, un- unfortunately, you know Gabriel losing his footing at the very end there. Yeah. Thankfully, did not sustain any kind of serious injury. Yeah. Um, and picking up the win there. Mark, any, any match that stuck out to you or that impressed you? You know, I, I, I've always had my eye on Gabriel Sky. I would have to agree with Putty, actually. I, again, Putty, me and you agreeing. Of course. Always. That much really stuck out to me because, again, Gabriel Sky proves himself time and time again. We run paths quite a bit uh, in, the, in the different organizations that we've worked. 
and the dude shows up every single time and he wows us every single time. So I actually wasn't surprised by the performance he put on BCW. He's always a guy that I like to watch. And so I noticed that none of you gentlemen mentioned the incredible fatal four-way match for the Fest Wrestling Oh, my God. Yeah, that match was sick, too. That was great. Yeah. yeah. You know, Saeed Al-Sabah, the champion, coming in, defending the Fest Wrestling title for the first time in New York City, and coming in and facing off against Alvin Alvarez, Ace Andrews, and the debuting himself, uh, Leon Ruff, who got a very big pop from the crowd when he came out. Big time, yeah. And then we saw the aerial displays by both men, both Saeed and Leon Ruff, you know, which explained right off the bat why these two young men had such fan followers. Did you see that huge, that beautiful corkscrew yeah. over the top rope by Saeed? How can you not? It's been all over the place. Yeah. It was a human highlight show. That's right. Yeah. yeah and, and mind you, uh, Putty, you were there for Saeed's debut the night that he took on Richard Holiday. That's true, yeah. You know, so Saeed showing out now in his second appearance at BCW, and I spoke with Saeed after the show, and he said, he said, Pete, you know, I'm finding BCW is kind of like a second home to me, and I can't wait to come back and face off against some, some other competitors here. And I, he said this, and I'll say this very, very straight out. He said that whether it's for the championship or not, one day in BCW, Saeed would love to face off against Mr. Darius Carter, and I think title on the line or no title on the line that's a match that i would pay to watch absolutely that's sounds like a great match book it and speaking of the fest championships though what about that impromptu tag team title oh, defense was, by the ducks that was great i mean the ducks coming out coming back home to bcw facing off against another team that was very very surprising new to bcw but did not disappoint the skulk liam gray and adrian alanis came out and the Ducks made a statement. I think a part of it was kind of drowned out by the fact that they put the Fest titles on the line, but they said, and I quote, since BCW doesn't yet have tag titles for us to defend. Yep, keyword yet, right? You know, the Ducks The Ducks are putting themselves in position. The Ducks have beaten just about every single team that they have come across in BCW, and the Ducks have really shown that they are, in my opinion, the number one team in BCW's tag team division right now, which really? is an incredible division. Really? The number one tag team? When you speak to the- I, I believe so, and here's why. You want to know why? Because they've beaten the East Coast Syndicate. I know where you're going with this, Mark. Yeah. Here's the thing. <laughs> are, are, are Dominic and Chris young, hungry, talented, and good? Of course they are. Do they have bright futures ahead of them? Of course they are. But if we're going by the laws of wins and losses here, the East Coast Syndicate has lost to the Ugly Ducklings in a BCW ring. By virtue of that, the Ugly Ducklings vault ahead of the East Coast Syndicate. Am I saying that the East Coast Syndicate cannot beat the Ugly Ducklings? Not what I'm saying at all. Can I say that if you put them in the ring and they face off again, that the Ugly Ducklings are going to beat them again? I'm not saying that at all. Am I saying that the East Coast Syndicate cannot one day be BCW Tag Team Champions? I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying right now, in the division, the Ugly Ducklings, in my mind, cleanly on top. So it sounds like we are going to see some BCW Tag Team Championships coming up. I've heard from the office that the talks are going down. The Women's Championship was a priority. Uh, so that got, obviously, fast-tracked for Queen of the North. 
I know that the tag team championships has been something that have been talked about. I know there have been a couple designs that have been presented by management. Um, I don't know exactly if they're in production or if they're soon to be in production. But I would say if I was a betting man, money my money would be on seeing tag team championships in BCW either by the end of 2019 or the beginning of 2020. All right. Something to look forward to then. Anniversary. One match I, we haven't talked about. I want to talk about real quick. One of my favorite matches to watch as a fan in the audience. It must have been a fun match for you to call. Brian Idol versus Sebastian Cage. That was a good you know, match. it was an interesting match, that one. Brian Idol was supposed to make his debut in BCW, actually, at A Cold Night in Hell. He was actually originally going to be the opponent for Orange Cassidy. But unfortunately, Brian Idol fell ill and could not make it that night. Um, so being able to make it now for the anniversary was a great, a great uh, return for Brian Idol. And it was nice to see Sebastian Cage, the lit superstar, the wave god, come back to BCW and once again perform in front of the BCW faithful. And it was great to see that Sebastian Cage has also improved just as much as anybody in a BCW ring. It'll be interesting to see if these men continue to be a part of the BCW dynamic and the BCW roster going forward. But it was good to see that match. It was a new, interesting match. One of the things that you saw at the anniversary, which I was very happy to be a part of, I was very happy to help put it together with BCW management, was the idea that if you saw there were a lot of different companies represented. We had a pro wrestling magic a tag team match between the American Murder Society and Everett Cross and TJ Crawford. We had AR Fox and his and his boys. What an incredible match AR Fox and Azrael was. It was match after match after match of just great matches. Great night. You know, just showing the reach that BCW has and working with other companies. Obviously, two different championships from Fest Wrestling in Florida defended on a BCW anniversary show. You had Austin Theory, the Evolve standout, okay, the next level of pro wrestling coming in. By the way, my moment of the night from BCW's anniversary, did you see the way... Austin Theory had not only Darius Carter pissed off, but had Shane Fair sweating through yeah, that, that introduction. That was funny, yeah. <laughs> I've never seen Shane poor so Shane. faced. Yeah, poor Shane. <laughs> I don't think – I think Shane was about to explode had Austin Theory interrupted him one more time, but Darius Carter was livid. Oh, I can imagine. You know, I thought it was great when he said that he was better than Mr. Darius Carter. yeah. It's wow. a good line. But what a, what a hell of a match. And you know what? I honestly want to say thank you. I actually want to say thank you to a very unsung hero that night. I want to say thank you to the New York State Athletic Commission, which I oddly yes. never am probably ever going to say again. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> uh, everybody knows the New York State Athletic Commission has some very strict rules governing professional wrestling uh, events here in New York. And not only did they allow us to have that incredible DLC match between the Deadly Saiyan Squad and Team LAW, but they also allowed for the main event to go for as long as necessary because they understood what was at stake, not only with the two professionals that were in that ring in Austin Theory and Darius Carter, but what was on the line, the BCW World Heavyweight Championship. And they knew just as much as we did that we could not cheat the fans out of that main event. What a way to start year four. The, oh oh man, what a way! I can tell you this much. I don't know if this was a if this was brought to a shot of wrestling's attention the night of anniversary, and if it wasn't, breaking news, right? Okay, here we go. I've heard from BCW management 
that there is every intention in 2019 to once again host the Monster Match Tournament. Okay, awesome. And that this year we will once again crown a BCW King of the Monsters. Will Billy Brash be a part of this tournament? Will he be going to put his uh, trophy on the line and actually defend it? Or will we crown a brand new King of the Monsters this year? It's going to be a very interesting dynamic there because, Putty, you've been there since we started the King of the Monster matches. And, Mark, you came along right around the middle of the tournament. Both of you men have seen the kind of carnage and the kind of intensity that those monster matches bring to the night. So it's Green Men, up close and personal, right? (laughs) Never forget that moment. Oh, yeah, Green Men. That was uh, still probably the highlight of my 2018. I agree. Mine, too. All right, Pete. uh, Good luck, go. Thanks for your time. Oh, Putty, 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 I forgot. How could I go, Putty, without making the greatest prediction of them all? Oh, I love predictions. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen. Kofi Kingston will be WWE champion. Okay. All right. You heard it here first. Heard it here first. I I, I, I got I got a you. lot of money riding on Kofi Kingston. I think it's Kofi's time. I agree too. I got Kofi leaving the champ. I got the man leaving the champ and Becky Lynch. I got Seth Rollins beating Brock Lesnar. Wow, all new I don't champions. Know how it's gonna happen? But I've got Seth Rollins beating Brock Lesnar. I have Finn Balor retaining his Intercontinental Championship against Bobby Lashley. And in the biggest surprise, I have Rusev re-debuting the newly formed European Championship. What? I came out of nowhere. Okay. You know something we Okay, don't... that's probably not going to happen, okay. but it would be hilariously awesome if it did. He deserves it. Give him something to do. Yeah, give him something, right? Yeah, right, you know? But gentlemen, it has been a great night. I cannot wait. May 17th, right now, the, the set date for the next BCW show. Details will be coming out soon. Uh, I, I can probably expect to see some kind of details probably after WrestleMania season. Putty, I probably won't remember WrestleMania week if me and you end up hanging out. Yeah, neither will I. It's fine. <laughs> Mark, I'm going to say this. Me and you may not always see eye to eye, but you got a lot of respect from me. I know. I know. What, I remember when you first started out here and what you've been doing since you've grown immensely young man and it's great to see what you're doing i may not always agree with it may not always like it but the fact that you took a punch from frankie flow and i listen i've been on the receiving end of some frankie flow punishment myself if you go back into the law archives eric jaden to tell you i've been on the receiving end of a frankie flow beat down myself so i know it don't feel good the next day not at all frankie throws a hard one i'll say that (laughs) okay You've got a lot of respect from me, and I cannot wait until you and I are both in the studio with Michael J. Putty live. I can't wait. Doing a shot of wrestling. I'm pumped for that. Anytime you want. And Pete, I will say this to you. Again, you actually took the words out of my mouth. We don't see eye to eye, but respect. Congratulations on year three with BCW and all you guys have accomplished. You guys getting bigger and bigger every time, badder and badder. The matches were all spectacular. And I personally can't wait to see what happens for 2019 and year four. Well, definitely you're going to be a part of it, especially considering all the fights that you guys are picking. So you definitely are going to be a big part of it, Mark. And and we, we, you know, we can't, uh, we're not here without the fans. We're not here without every single person who has put an ounce of blood, sweat, and tears. I mean, we didn't give enough thank yous at anniversary. uh, But I, I want to be very intentional with this one here. On behalf of BCW, we would like to thank A Shot of Wrestling for being a constant partner in our corner, for being there 
you know, came aboard. I remember the first night a shot of wrestling showed up. I looked at Anthony Cole from across the room and I said, who are these crazy people setting up something <laughs> in the corner of the Elks Lodge? That's us. Yep. It's been a fantastic ride with you guys. It is an honor and a privilege to not only have a shot of wrestling, be affiliated with BCW, but for us to have the great relationship that we all have. Green Man has joined us on commentary. Michael J. Putty, a constant fixture at our shows. You saw that beautiful shot Thank of you. wrestling banner hanging in St. Sebastian's the night of the anniversary. Soon enough, uh, you know, I can't wait to see it bigger and better. I know a shot of wrestling is going to some great places, but we aren't where we are in year three. If it's not for the help, for the love, for the support of people like Michael J. Putty and Green Man at a shot of wrestling, you know, the support that comes from places like the Jobber Tears podcast that has joined us in the last two podcast rows, you know, eye pokes and head chokes, you know, everyone who's joined us on podcast row, every fan who has ever bought a ticket to a BCW show, whether you loved it, you hated it, you didn't know what to make of it. The fact that you were there to every performer was stepped into a BCW ring and everybody was giving us something in a BCW ring. We owe you a debt of gratitude and many, many thanks. Here's to year four, to year three, two, and one, and to the future. I'm telling you, I say this all the time. If you haven't gotten on the BCW train yet, start doing it now. Because when we hit the final gear and we're going top speed, you're going to wonder why you missed the train. Pete, thank you for the kind words. And I say this to you numerous times on air and off air. We wouldn't be where we are without you guys over at BCW. So this is a great partnership. And I'm looking forward to us growing each and every year. Cheers all around. Cheers. There we go. Brother, thank you for your time. Hopefully thank you, gentlemen. Enjoy Mania Week. You too, brother. You Take too. care. Man, I could listen to Pete talk for hours. Love Pete. Pete, thanks again. Can't wait to have you back in studio. I would love to have him in the studio, all three of us together. He has some very interesting things to say in general. <laughs> Let's leave it there. But uh, that was BCW's third anniversary. If you missed it, you missed a great show. Make sure you don't miss the next one. But Mark, talked about them during this segment with Pete Rosado. Your boys, Dominic De Niro and Chris Barton. The East Coast Syndicate, or as you call them, the East Coast Saiyans. Mm-hmm. Sat down with Green Man for their very first interview as a tag team. I'm surprised Green Man's still alive. I'm looking forward to this interview. Last time it was Rick Recon. Now we have the East Coast Syndicate. I, I, I see what you're doing here. There's a trend coming along. So next week, maybe Mark Schwann? Mark Schwann, Eric Jaden, Nia, Nia Kennedy. Kennedy. By the way, Green Man, take it away. Family, welcome to another exciting edition of the Shot of Wrestling, the interviews. This is the Green Man, and if you have not done so already, follow us on all forms of social media at Shot of Wrestling on Facebook and Instagram, and Shot of Wrestling, no A, on Twitter. You can also contact us via email at inbox at shotofwrestling.com or dial it up 619-343-3005 and leave your comments on the Shot of Wrestling hotline. We say it time and time again that wrestling brings us together, and today is no different. Today, we are joined by Dominic De Niro and Chris Barton, the East Coast Syndicate. Gentlemen, welcome <laughs> to a Shot of Wrestling. Thank you for having us, brother. It's a long time coming, man. It's about damn time, bro. 
Yo, I am beyond excited to actually have you here. We've talked outside of a shot of wrestling for months now. Could it, could it be even a year? When did we cross paths? Does anybody remember? Well, the I, first time we crossed paths was in Orlando, WrestleMania weekend. That was probably my first WrestleMania in the business. Really? Uh, I was down there helping out with the WWN, you know, helping out with various little tasks as ring crew and whatever they needed me for. Mm-hmm. And I remember just seeing a drunk green dude being super obnoxious. And I was like, I need to meet that guy. Yeah. I actually remember my story. So my story is just a little bit different. It was in 2016. It's I didn't really meet you, but this is where I first saw you. I was at an ICW show. It was a show, there, like one-night stand shit that they had for like oh the 10th time in 2016. And I did ring crew for that show. And I'm sitting down watching the door. And I see this green guy come in. And I'm just like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> and uh, I just remember my boy Josh, shout out to JD Alpha. He was next to me and he's like, oh, it's the mark that stole ICW. And it was just the stupidest line he's ever said. <laughs> and then I just am like, all right, this guy is kind of cool. And then like, I started seeing you at the DCW shows and started seeing you a lot more. And then I believe, uh, I think it might have been Jaden or somebody that put me on to you. And I like, we actually shook hands and, you know, we met and stuff like that. And I think it was you without the green man makeup. And I think ever since then, we've just been cool as fuck. Interesting that you mentioned that show. That was Michael J. Putty and my first indie show ever that ICW. Really? When I, yep. The first independent wrestling show that we ever went to. That was uh, Janela versus Sabu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember seeing, yeah, oh man, I remember walking in there and I was like in awe of Sabu and he was like in crutches and shit. He was having problems with his hip. I think he had to get a hip replacement surgery, Mm -hmm. but yet he was still working and it was just like the saddest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, but still, once once he came out and I'm like, where did his crutches go? He's walking. I mean, yeah, he's limping and I'm seeing him do some crazy shit. I'm like, wow, this dude. Is hardcore. Much respect for sure. Sad fucking boo, man. But let's get to know you guys a little bit better. Before we get into more of the wrestling conversation, I want to get to know you guys before wrestling. So, Chris, why don't you fill us in on what you were doing before you got hit by the wrestling bug? Well, let me just start off by saying I've been a wrestling fan my entire life, basically. I remember being in middle school. At that time, I wasn't as into wrestling as I was when I was younger. So, I'm in middle school, and I remember them making an announcement. Hey, anyone interested in joining the wrestling team, please please come down. And I think everyone in the classroom was kind of aware of my love towards pro wrestling. So they were like, hey, go down. And honestly, at that time, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I didn't know what amateur wrestling really was. You know, I joined, and from the age of 11 to the age of 15, I did uh, amateur wrestling, and I won a couple state championships and stuff like that. When I was 15, you know, circumstances came up and I couldn't do amateur wrestling anymore. So what I decided to do is I looked up uh, wrestling schools in the area. And there was uh, three schools that came up when you first uh, search up wrestling schools in NYC. The first name you see is uh, Johnny Rods. Right. This was back in like mm-hmm. 2014 I was looking. So I called Johnny Rods and he gave me this whole hour-long spiel about his school and stuff. And I'm like, okay, I'm not really interested. Then I called uh, House of Glory. That was the second name that uh, that came up. And I believe I spoke to Brian Excel. Very brief. I was like, hey, how much is it? What's the pricing? He told me the pricing. And um, I, again, I wasn't really interested. It was kind of more standoffish in a sense. Not trying to knock Brian Excel. 
mm-hmm. but it, it was more standoffish in a sense. And then the third was uh, the Lutus Wrestling Center, who was, which was run by uh, Joel Maximo. So I remember calling Joel Maximo, and he called, and he was like, hey, is there any way I can call you back in an hour? And I'm like, um, why? He's like, oh, I'm watching Game of Thrones. Can I call you back in an hour? <laughs> and... So, so Joel called me back, and you know, I I was really interested. He was a li- he was still far from me. Uh, at this time, I was living in uh, Flushing, Queens, and his school was located all the way in Coney Island. Wow. And at the time, mm-hmm. I was even going to school in like uh, Queens Boulevard. I was pretty far. I ended up going, and the first day, like I saw that ring, and I could hear the ring from down the block because it was this big warehouse that they had in Brooklyn and it was down the block from a precinct and you could hear the, the slams and the bumps and you know I walked in there and I knew at that moment like hey like this is what I want to do and afterwards I started training there trained there for about a year um they moved schools they ended up losing the building for like three to four months I was without a school and then my boy Brandon hit me up about Matt Stryker running a school in Queens. I didn't know anything of it because when you look it up online, you don't really see anything. Right. So they gave me the address and it ended up being at the Hog location, but it wasn't Hog, like it wasn't like red training or anything like that. It was just, it was under the FTW banner, basically. So like FTW would have uh, their school days on Mondays and Wednesdays. So I went there on a Wednesday expecting to see Stryker, who at that point I knew very well, you know, because, you know, I've asked him for advice and he's helped me out with a couple of things before then. So I thought it would be cool to see him and train with him. When I went that day, I met Reefer personally. Mm-hmm. And Grim Reefer, I've been a fan of for a long time before that. So to see him there, I was like, okay, cool. And, you know, I met Reefer. I met my boy uh, Ace. Shout out to Ace Andrews. I met Josh. I met Fabio. met a lot of uh, you know, people I call, you know, brothers today. And, you know, I've been training at the FTW Academy since then. And, you know, I've, I've never looked back since. And because of the knowledge that Stryker and Reefer has given me, I've made it this far. And I, I don't know if I may have sidetracked the story uh-huh. but uh yeah that, that's basically what i did before we got to this point awesome um dom while chris was doing his amateur thing what was going on in your life before professional wrestling while he was doing amateur wrestling what year was that by the way chris oh so for those people who don't know i'm i'm 19 so i did amateur wrestling in 2010 i started so uh, I've been a lifelong fan, as Chris said, you know, I'm on and off occasionally. Around 2003, I stopped watching for a little while. Um, I picked it back up around 2007 when I went to a Ring of Honor event, and I, my mind was blown. I can't even tell you who was on the show. I was just at awe of, that, of the spectacle that I seen. Mm-hmm. You know, while I was in high school, I wrestled for a little while, but um, I went to Severian High School, by the way, which is a very prestigious all-boys school in Brooklyn, New York. I made the football team, made the baseball team, made the wrestling team. Although I was a little bit of a wild child, and they couldn't keep me in the classroom. So with that being said, everything was taken away from me. And eventually I was thrown out. What was the one thing that pushed them to throw you out? I guess it was my attitude. I had a really bad attitude problem as a kid. Okay. So, yeah. I also... You know, looked into a wrestling school, and I found Johnny Rods in Gleason's gym. And I had a two-hour conversation, not a one-hour Christian. So I think he liked me a little more than you. 
<laughs> and, you know, I really considered the business, but at the same time, I was weighing out film school. And in the end, I chose film school. And I ended up going to the New York Film Academy for about two and a half years. And I started a small career in film where I was a head gaffer. I was a dolly grip. Uh, I, gave a, I gave a shot at directing and producing. And then I'm trying to figure out where I found wrestling again. Ah, that's what it was. I was out with a couple of friends in the city. We were at Legend Bar. And uh, I ran into the infamous Ace Andrews. And he was the Gen X champion for Fight the World Wrestling at a time. I believe this was December 2016. And we had a we had a long conversation. And he said, uh, you know, you seem to be very interested in the business. Why don't you give this a try? So that ne- very next day, I went down to House of Glory, where our school was located. Fight the World Wrestling, that is. And I met with the Grim Reefer who ended up training me. And it's, you know, it's, it's history ever since then, man. You know, it's been paying dues. It's learning from everyone I possibly can. So, Dom, how did it's you some ride. How did you uh, end up meeting Chris? Well, Chris was one of the very first students that lent his hand out to me in uh, aiding me in the right direction of what to do and what not to do. Mm-hmm. And even though he's 19 years old, that kid is an encyclopedia when it comes to wrestling. Anything worth knowing, that kid could just spit out without hesitation. And it's a very good tool to have in this business. So I like keeping him around for that reason and that reason only. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's tap into that history mind of his. In your, your career now, Chris, uh, what would you say are the top three moments that you would consider made the biggest impact in the East Coast Syndicate? So there's uh, there's three moments that uh, come into my mind. Maybe De Niro's might be different. Okay. But uh, the first moment obviously has to be uh, my debut because um, I've been training with FTW since I was 16. And New York State has a law where you have to be over the age of um, 18 to work shows. So for anyone watching who doesn't know that, you got to be 18 and over to work shows in New York State. So I was training with FTW. I was training with Reefer. And my birthday hit. My birthday is July 3rd, by the way. And I was set to focus on my debut. FTW wasn't having any shows that summer. So I had to wait all the way to September 9th, 2017. I remember that show so vividly. We were the eighth match on the card. And uh, I remember uh, how we were put together. The booker of FTW, he, he put me and De Niro together in a match against uh, the Parker brothers. So we worked them. And I just remember walking out and just the ovation I got from like my friends and family. And I just remember it, like, so this very day, like, there's no feeling that has compared to that. So that, to me, is the first moment that comes to mind. Um, the second moment that comes to mind, our match that we had with Adrenaline Express. Adrenaline Express is a team that I used to watch when I used to go to, like, a lot of independent wrestling shows, like uh, FWE and stuff like that back in the day. Yeah. So um, Adrenaline Express was contacted to, to face us, and I was told that we were going to be working at Adrenaline Express, and I was like, oh, cool. Like To me, like I, we've, I've been having a lot of full circle moments, so like that's kind of like a full circle thing. Like, hey, I used to watch these guys, now I'm in the ring with them. And they were super cool, they were super professional, and it's still one of my favorite matches to this very day. It's one of the strongest performances that uh, myself and Zero has had as a team. And that's a match that I get so immersed in. You ever, like, watch something that you're in and, like, sometimes it's like, oh, you know, you cringe at it. But this was a match that I saw and I was just immersed in uh, what was going on. Like, it, it was like an out-of-body thing. I felt like I was watching, like, a legitimate match. So that was the second moment. The third moment, 
I would say our CZW Dojo Wars debut. So I remember uh, two weeks prior to that, I had met a gentleman named Michael Langan, and uh, he's one of the uh, bookers of CZW Dojo Wars. It was myself and Gabriel Sky. Shout out to the homie Gabe. We had walked into a Jackson Diner, and he was there. He asked us, hey, you guys look like you order here a lot. What do you guys, what, what should we get? And I said, get the mozzarella sticks. And he ordered. He said, hey, are you guys workers? And I was like, uh, yeah. And, you know, he asked us to, to come down to Dojo Wars. And I mentioned being a part of a team. And he was like, oh, even better. So I remember that day, we all drove down to Dojo Wars. And I had a fever. I had a 105-degree really? fever. And I was like, I am not missing this opportunity for anything. I love so it. So I was shitting. I was puking. And, like, it was just horrible. I walked in there. First thing I did was just shit. <laughs> and I worked the match anyway, and I think we had a pretty good first impression. And ever since then, we've been going there consistently. Um, again, like there's there's way too many moments that myself and De Niro have to just map out just three, because I see De Niro on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of moments. Like I can even say this past weekend was a memorable moment. You know, a lot of like the behind the scenes stuff as well. A lot of the cool, the road trips and stuff like that, you know, the long drives, the ring crew, like, there's so many moments between myself and De Niro that it's hard to just pick out this three, but those are the three that stick out in the top of my head. Uh, well, what were uh, some of the cool moments from this weekend? Oh, man, I got to, uh, I got to break De Niro. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, he yes. tried, he tried. He was just unsuccessful. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, BCW, it, it was our first TLC match. Um, if you're someone who is uh, behind the scenes, you'd kind of know that that match has changed plenty of times. Like, a multitude of times that match has changed. Um, so I walked in there, and I was kind of nervous because, you know, we, we had a show the next day. Well, this past Saturday we had a show. And I kind of didn't want to, like, get myself hurt because, you know, we're so close to Mania Week. Yeah, it makes sense. So, like, I didn't want like, any, any of us to get hurt because there's a lot of big shows that we have coming up Mania Week. Yeah, we did BCW, and the match, was, match itself was fine. What was more fun to me was hanging out with boys afterwards, you know, because usually tradition after every show, uh, myself, De Niro, Tristan Ty, Gabriel Sky, whoever else is with us, we usually go to Jackson Diner. That's kind of like our spot. Okay. You know, you know, they know it's there. They hook us up, and we usually get eat there. We shoot the shit. Then I got to go to De Niro's house, and I got to pee on somebody. <laughs> So that was fun. It wasn't me. I was going to ask. Yeah, it was. wasn't De Niro. All right. So we, I like to rip people. And, you know, if you know me personally, you know I like to rip people. I hate getting ripped back, but I love ribbing people. So I did a rib on, my, on a friend of mine. His name is Liam. Um, there was a story between uh, the CM Punk and Samoa Joe did in the shoot interview mm -hmm. about homicide trying to pee on CM Punk. Yeah. So I was like, huh, how funny would it be if I pretended to pee on, uh, on my boy Liam? So I actually changed up the rib. What I did was, Gabe was in on it, too. I took Gabe's phone, and I played a pissing sound. So it sounded like I was peeing. And I took a cup of water, and as I was playing the sound, I poured water on my boy Liam's head. Oh. And he just jumped right up. And it was the funniest thing ever. Man. Dom, uh, moments for you. What are some of the moments that have made the biggest impact? Are they the same as Chris? I mean, yeah, Chris Chris had some valid uh, some valid highlights in our, uh, in our career. Um well, our BCW debut will always have a special yeah. place in my heart where That's we faced uh, the Ugly Ducklings. And that was a bit of a proving ground match for us because they were up in the air if they wanted to book us or not. But the fans would not shut up and they kept hitting up 
their social media and saying, we want the syndicate, we want the syndicate, and uh, their prayers were answered. The cool thing about that, and I'm glad that you brought that up, because our relationship with BCW has grown immensely in the last few years. And, you know, as a podcast, we've always prided ourselves of being a podcast that's from the fans to the fans. So we're pretty much going to do whatever we want as long as we find entertaining in it. We're never going to change anything because we're getting close with promoters. And um, early on, talking to Anthony Cole, um, you know, he liked a lot of the things that we were doing on social media. And I said, you know what, if you really want to make an impact in BCW, you don't need to ask, you know, the people that you surround yourself with. Sometimes you just have to ask the fans. So that post, exactly. that post came from a conversation between Anthony Cole and myself and said, you know what, let's just put it out there and see who responds. And like you said, the amount of people that responded East Coast Syndicate was so overwhelming that he had no choice but to say, we need to bring this kids over. And like you said, not everybody was happy about bringing you guys on your first round. You know, yeah. you guys were just starting in the business, you know, and you guys went up to, against a big top team, you know, and you held your own, yeah. which was awesome. So between us, uh, exclusive to this interview, leading up to, to that, before that post, I'm not one to ask people to book us. I don't know. Like, I know it's kind of something that as a wrestler, as a worker, you should ask people to start, you know, to start booking you and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, BCW, uh, myself and De Niro has been doing ring crew for them for the longest time. And even still to this very day, we still do ring crew for them, despite where we are in their roster. We still do ring crew for them. Right. So before that post was made, I would like throw subtle hints to Mr. Anthony Cole. But hey, you know, let us uh, give us a shot. He always kind of feel. He always like, oh yeah, we know we'll, we'll see. Yeah, you know, we'll see, we'll see. And you know, at that point, we were still fresh in our careers. We we're still fresh and stuff like that. And then the opportunity came where that post came along. And I remember uh, my homie Mike McNicholas. He uh, he commented, and I just remember saying like, hey, like what the hell am I tagged in? And mm -hmm. then since then. I just saw the overwhelming amount of people, and that caught me by surprise. And it caught De Niro by surprise to the point where he called me, and he's like, bro, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and, um, yeah, and then, you know, I, I got the, the, the call from Anthony Cole, and he told us, hey, you guys are going to be wrestling the Ducklings. And that's an even bigger surprise to me, the fact that we're wrestling, you know, let's face it, the Ducklings is their top team. Yep. Not for long, though, but the Ducklings are still their top team, and they were our first match at BCW. We never knew if we were going to come back, and I want to talk full, full circle. I would love to wrestle the Ducklings again, because two things will be certain in that match. One, we would kill it, and two, we would win. I like your confidence so you on that one, and a lot has changed also since the last time you guys... Um, met the ducklings. Um, one of the things that has changed, and, and Dom, you could chime in and, and fill us in on this, is your relationship with BCW actually has grown, and you have also surrounded yourselves in a group. So if the East Coast Syndicate goes up against the ducklings, you have to believe that the sexy saying black is not too far behind. 
the (laughs) the cyborg saying rick recon is not too far behind hollywood is not too far behind the queen is not too far behind i mean you guys are not traveling alone anymore so dom fill us in on how that relationship between you guys and this group this faction this homegrown faction of bcw got started uh, I believe it started back in, what do you say, Chris, October, November? Well, earlier than that. Earlier than that? Well, whatever so, it was, uh, you know, so Aaron Jordan approached us with this, you know, this new concept that he had come up with where he wanted to band together some, you know, hungry young individuals along with himself, and he wanted to take the indie scene by storm. And, you know, me and Chris jumped on the opportunity and, uh, we were very grateful to be presented with such an opportunity. And we never looked back, and we have literally taken every Fed that we have stepped foot in by storm and have become the talk of that Fed. There's not many believers also. Every time a new faction comes together, it's like, you know, well, what do these guys have that this other team doesn't have? Everybody, you know, wants to be the next cool faction. Um, but one of the things Absolutely. that... We're constantly proving ourselves. Exactly. And so constantly improving ourselves so so, yeah. to make sure that we're currently on top of the indie scene. Another thing as well, when you think about it, let's, just, let's take a second and dissect every single person in this group. Uh, myself and DeMero, as well as Rick Recon, are still fresh in the game. We're not, you know, combined, we're barely five years in the business mm-hmm. between us two and Recon. Then we have someone like Eric Jaden, who's been in the business for such a long time. And I feel like a, a person that people seem to overlook a lot of the time is Nia Kennedy. Yes. Nia Kennedy is someone who's been in this business since we're talking 80s. Yep. So we're talking years upon years of just wisdom and just experiences and moments and how even her own fair share of, you know, teams and factions that she's been a part of as well. Yeah. Combine that with the, you know, the brains and intelligence of Eric Jaden and all the experiences he's been through, all the people, you know, he's absolutely not a moment he had. And even at, throwing in someone like Mark, Mark Schwann, the Hollywood fan, right? Someone like him who's been in the film world, the acting world, someone who transitioned to pro wrestling and has a mind for his voice, his execution, his mind, the way he speaks, this everything is just, again, it's a, a collection of hungry, determined individuals that decided to come together and try to create something fresh and new. Now, we are, I'm going to say this now, we are beyond... People want to bring up the Dragon Ball Z comparisons because we use Deadly Saiyan Squad. Let's just get this out the way. We are beyond fans. We are beyond the scouters. Even if we were to throw away these scouters and take out the Saiyan name, that does not change who we are as individuals. We are assassins. We are killers. We are merciless. And we live by a motto of change through violence. And that's a shoot button. You forgot one thing, Chris. Above all, we are a family. I don't know. I don't like you that much, bro. <laughs> man, bro, come on, man. You always do this to me. All right, all right I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right, I, I forgive you. Chris, you, you did mention um, that you were here to change because it, things needed to be fresh. Things needed to be new. What is the current state of professional wrestling in your mind that <laughs> things are not okay, that things do need to change? 
I, I just said I, I talk a lot. Now I'm, I'm going to go into even more detail. I feel like <laughs> the professional. I feel like pro wrestling's biggest uh, biggest benefit is also its biggest uh, downfall at the moment, and that's something called oversaturation. There's there's a lot of uh, garbage. There's a lot of uh, shit to put it frankly. There's a lot of shit and. I like to consider myself sanitation workers. I'm not sure if that's the right department, but we're here to clean up the shit. And I feel like that's one problem with the business. Another problem with the business now is everyone is too keen on being the same. How many people you see now wear uh, tight kick pads and do a Canadian destroyer has like their first opening move. It's a lot of uh, just generic created wrestlers. I feel like I'm playing, like, the business now is basically WWE 2K. Like, you just see a bunch of, like, generic created, created wrestlers roaming the indies now. Like, created wrestler come to life right now. And that's what I feel like is what needs to change about the business. There needs to be more people that need to stand out. And I feel like that comes with being more of who you are and being yourself. That's what makes uh, myself and DeMero different because we are ourselves. You know, the nails went through some shit. I've been through some shit. And we really let our uh, personalities loose mm-hmm. in the ring. And we go out there and we treat it like it's a fight. Like, if you watch some of the matches, like, if you watch us versus Apostle of Chaos, you know, we beat the shit out of each other. That's how myself and Daryl are. That's who we are as people. You know what I mean? We're fucking tough motherfuckers. Now, I may not sound like it. I may joke around. But once you cross that line, once you're in the ring, it's a wrap. Awesome. Dom, while Chris was mentioning, you know, how tough you guys are, do you think that type of toughness in the ring gains you respect or gives you heat? It's a, li- it's a little of both, man. Um, when he says we work stiff and when he says he slaps people, understand that it's in a controlled way where we're being extremely safe with the people we're in the ring with. We're not trying to kill anybody, but we're also not trying to make this look like it's a choreographed little dance. Yeah. And we want people to have some believability in it. So we, we lay a little extra, you know, a little extra sauce in our forearms and shit. <laughs> a little bit of hot sauce. Yeah, a little, a little, you know, a little, I like barbecue sauce. I'm not, I'm not into the spicy stuff. Um, what are your future goals? Do you have anything short-term, long-term? Technically, I achieved my goal already as I never thought I was going to be able to pull this off two years ago. And fast forward to now, if I was to hang it up because my body physically couldn't do it, I would be proud of where I made it. But the end goal for me, and I think I speak for Christian as well, we would like to travel the world and we would like we would like to see what Japan has to offer. We would like to see what the UK has to offer. We would like to go anywhere and everywhere that would have us. So this also ties into my future. My biggest the thing I hate the most is wasting my time. That is my general that's a general thing that I hate. Because I feel like time is precious in this world. And we don't have enough of it. Um, if I were to hang up the boots today, I would be fucking pissed because there is a lot that I want to do. Um, my overall goal to me is Japan. Like that's been like WWE. Like I don't expect to go to WWE. I don't even want to go to WWE. Um, unless they offered me a fucking million dollar contract. But besides that, Japan has always been my goal. And like, I get excited because I feel like it, it's brewing closer and closer by the day. Short-term goals is for me and Demera to get the fuck out of this country and travel to somewhere else. Travel either to like Dominican Republic, Mexico, England, Japan, wherever we got to go. Because, you know, I feel like we can excel 
in other countries as well. We, we say it time and time again, wrestling brings us together. Is there one person that you want to take the opportunity right now to thank them for anything that they have oh. done for you? I feel like being in the have the same person. Do, do, do a countdown, Green Man, and we'll see if we say the same person. If you say the same name. All right. Ready? In three, two, one. Reefer. And, oh, my, I'm sorry. Let's he do put, that again. My phone was on mute because I didn't want to, like, you know, breathe over the phone while he was talking. <laughs> you were talking to me out. <laughs> I no, said Grim Reefer, you scumbag. I said Grim Reefer too, bro. You didn't think I didn't say Grim Reefer? No, you didn't. You always do this, bro. You always make a mockery of this team. But, like, I'm joking. <laughs> no, right, Grim Reefer is our head trainer, man. He he brought me into this business, and uh, nothing but respect for that man. Reef used to tell me this all the time. He's like, <clears throat> I'm your father in this business. And it's the truth. He is my father in this business. Everything I've been taught, has been because of his knowledge. He is someone I would see twice a week for three years. He is very unconventional, let me just say that. Reef used to make us do these insane drills. And looking back in hindsight, a lot of those drills, a lot of those things that he made us do helped us get where we are now. And a lot of these tryouts and these seminars include a lot of those same drills, if not variations of those drills. So... Grief, if you're listening, you're probably not. But uh, thank you. I always thank you as much as I can. You probably hate it. But again, <laughs> thank you. Awesome, guys. Uh, we're beginning to wrap up our time. If anybody wanted to book the East Coast Syndicate, the East Coast Saints, uh, where would they do that? And if we wanted to follow you on this great journey you guys are on, give us your social media. So uh, you could find me on Facebook at Dominic Denaro, uh, Instagram, Dominic Denaro, and on Twitter at Dinero Dominic, I believe. I'm new to Twitter, so bear with me. Chris, where can we follow your journey, or, or if we wanted to book you, where where we do that? As of right now, my Facebook is uh, Christian Bartolome. It is my shoot name. It will be changed to Chris Barton starting tomorrow. We also have a group Facebook, East Coast Syndicate on Facebook. You can like our page. We post a lot of our matches and some content there. Uh, my Instagram is at official underscore Chris underscore Barton. I post a lot of videos of me slapping people. Fucking awesome, guys. It was a pleasure having you on A Shot of Wrestling, but we're not done with you yet. We're going to let Michael J. Putty take care of some news and Raw and SmackDown cheers and heels. We're coming back to you with Last Call. Yeah. Call me. I got that turn of It's Chris Barton, the Bushwick Beast, representing the East Coast Syndicate. And you are listening to A Shot of Wrestling. Stay tuned to the end of this episode to hear the last call. It's In the News with Michael J. Putty. All right, great interview with the East Coast Syndicate for the first time ever. Not bad. Not bad. Pretty damn good, I would have to say so myself. You're, you're a little biased. What, what are you, what? No. Let's get into some news. As our months of speculation that E confirmed for the first time ever in history, the woman will main event WrestleMania. Huge deal. That's surprising. It's kind of a big deal, I Huge guess, deal. right? Yeah, I guess. A little, a little bit, right? <laughs> a little bit. A little, a little bit. bit. A little bit. Good for them. I, I am so pumped about that. Looking forward to it? Oh, yeah, man. 
Although you gotta kind of feel bad for Seth Rollins. Why? He's been in the main b- event before. Via Cashin. Which was a huge moment. Yeah, but you figure, like, I'm going against Brock Lesnar. I'm going to main event WrestleMania. I can't wait to tell my family. And then find out you're not main eventing. Here's the thing, though, with main events. Yeah, uh, especially with um, the modern day WrestleMania. Yeah. I feel like back in the day, I mean, the WrestleMania that we're watching right now, WrestleMania 14, being the main event, closing the show is a big deal because that huge was, deal. what, a three-hour show. Yeah. Now, I feel like having the main event in the modern day WrestleMania... I mean, you hear uh, Chris Jericho talk about when he closed the show with Triple H, he was dreading that because there was they had uh, The Rock versus Hulk Hogan, yeah, which should have closed the show in his eyes. There are so many moments with WrestleMania now, especially with it being an eight-hour show uh, this year, as per se- speculation I'm hearing. Yeah, I think it's 10, 10 hours, right? <laughs> 12 there, hours? There's, 12 hours. There are so many opportunities to steal the show, and then by the time you get to the very last match... Doing to close the show, what energy does the crowd have left? That's tough. It's tough. Especially look at this WrestleMania. WrestleMania 14, three hour show. The main event was Stone Cold versus Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. The match prior was Undertaker versus Kane. Right. There was no Divas, Braun Panties match or a pillow fight match to calm the crowd down. Right. So I'm wondering what match will precede the woman main event to calm the crowd down. Or do we amp us up because we're going to be so fucking tired? I, I don't know how you approach it, man. Like, I just don't understand why every single talent has to be on that card. WrestleMania is supposed to be special. Yep. You you know, it should it. be the best of the best. you got to earn it. If people are off, so be it. It's not like they're giving the Jets the spot at the Super Bowl because they don't deserve it. You, you earn the shot. No one can see Bowl. it right now. I'm giving Putty the finger. He really is. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Let's see what happens. Right. It's not to take away. I'm not wanting to take away... Ronda, Charlotte, and Becky's moment. I mean, I think that's a, a huge moment for the women in wrestling, for them to close the show. I do you agree with this shorter. decision? Is it something they want to do, or are they giving the peer pressure? I think they earned it, honestly. It's bringing in good press. If you look at it from a business standpoint, that's what I care about. They, yeah. It's bringing great press. Uh, they they, uh, they had that great interview on ESPN uh, recently. But, again, it's, it's bringing an outside audience that would probably normally will not watch WWE or professional wrestling, people are going to be more curious now to see. In other news, after weeks of speculation, the Hart Foundation will be inducted into the 2019 Hall of Fame. Well-deserved. Uh, enough already, right? You took my advice and shortened the class. There's only like five people this year, five inductees. In total. Well, it doesn't sound like they did a celebrity, right? No celebrity, as of yet. I hope they don't. Dude, what, what celebrity is left for them to go in? There's not. Tons. Snoop Dogg. Oh, stop. Jenny McCarthy, Kim Kardashian, apparently. When, what did Kim Kardashian do? She hosted WrestleMania 24 in Orlando. What, I don't remember that. That was The Undertaker versus Edge. The fireworks were all over the crowd. But where was Kim Kardashian, though? I don't she remember. hosted the show. I don't remember her being there. She came, out, she came out like 30 seconds. Okay. But, like, you're ducking six members of DX. You have a tag team with Harlem Heat. The Hart Foundation could have headlined a class. Why? I don't, I don't Who, necessarily know if they could have headlined the, the class. The Hart Foundation? If well, if you were to put the whole Heart Foundation, if you're talking well, about you can't do that, but right, exactly. If but that's the thing though. If that was the case, that would headline for sure. But to have Bret Hart and Jim the Anvil Neidhart, they deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, but I don't think they are headlining. Why would why put another tag team when you already have a tag team? I agree with you on that. It's just it's gonna be too long again. Right. I would open it up with DX, Tori Wilson, Sue something, which I I dig. And Hong Kong Man. 
I, I dig the... I wanted to say Conor McGregor award. It's not Conor McGregor. <laughs> Warrior award. The Warrior award. I, I, I dig that. Have, have that instead of a celebrity. I love Hall of Fame. I'll, I thought about going this year, but now I just don't feel like sitting through that long show, it sounds like. I can't blame you. Another news? Rob Gronkowski officially retired from the NFL this week. And now rumors are popping up of him joining the WWE. Of course. Impact star and former teammate Moose chimed in, saying, and I, quote, I think Gronk's going to sign with the WWE, but I don't think it's going to be his next career move. He could have a big match at WrestleMania or maybe SummerSlam, but I know Gronk. People need to understand what his body's been through. Gronk can't make this a career, but he can have a couple great matches. Yeah, he's probably right. I mean, Gronk's body is banged up, yeah. and which is the big reason why he retired. It's also a short career in the NFL, though. Yeah, uh, he's retiring young. I feel like he, his career wasn't necessarily short. Seven years, maybe? Yeah, um, but he performed at like such an elite level. Uh, unlike any other tight end I've probably seen in the NFL. <laughs> oh. oh, God, you're so inappropriate. But anyway, yeah, I mean, Gronk is still young. He could still go, but it's it's his body that's been failing him. I mean, he's, he's been injury-prone for, God, how, the last few seasons. Mojo Raleigh, his best friend, told TMZ Sports he sees Gronk in a W ring sooner rather than later. I'm sure Gronk will have a one-off, two-off type of deal I don't think he'll have a career in WWE. We asked you, the fans, to chime in. Ed Moss fears dot flip. Fucking no. Yeah, people are very adamant about this. <laughs> oh, big time. Z Wayhab, no. Sadie Moon, one. Simple answer, no. King underscore Jordan, 3.0. How about fuck no? Focus on the actual talent and not football, MMA, or any other people. Basically, what I'm saying is focus on wrestlers. Look into the indies. A lot of great talent there, and the W roster is great right now. Focus on that. Very, up, very passionate people. <laughs> you know, somewhat similar to what he said. Our boy Shane Fair chimed in. Never. No more retired athletes using the WB4 ATM. Ten times rather see someone who paid to be trained and dreamed of a shot their whole life. Wrestling is not and should never be a plan B. Well said. All right. Here you go. So here's my thing. I, I, I'm hearing from the heart and soul of the wrestling fans, and and I and I get it. Overwhelmingly said no. Overwhelmingly say no, but you have to think of it from a business standpoint. They don't. And this is where I, I actually understand business. Um, Dude, yeah, okay. It would make good business for Rob Gronkowski to wrestle in a SummerSlam match or Survivor Series. It's got to be a bigger pay per view. And and have him have like a one match thing. It doesn't have to be a long match with uh, with someone. Yeah, I, I I don't necessarily know who, but you have like some sort of feud or something, and it just be a one off thing. That's it. It's going to bring more of an audience. Again, talking about what I said before, it's going to be more of an audience onto the wrestling landscape and WWE. But I, I just don't get this this whole popular opinion with the dandy fans as far as just like oh, i'm gonna hate on anyone that's not a homegrown wrestler yep. G- guess what macho man randy savage one of the best in the industry Ooh. started off as a baseball player oh you went there mark calloway the undertaker played basketball they were, they were. john cena was a bodybuilder beforehand so was triple h batista mark henry the rock one of the best industry was a football player goldberg football player rick flair football player rock College football player, different. Rock actually did make it into the to the pros. The guy did and he got into CFL. But I, I, I'm just saying, like you, you have a lot of these people that that played professional sports beforehand. Let's let's yeah, but 
the Goldbergs, the Rocks, the Macho Men, they moved on from their past career to make the WWE their next career. Rob Gronkowski isn't making his next career move to be a professional WWE superstar. Well, we don't know anything right now. We're just It's all speculation. That's true. I guess we'll keep you updated. Now the news, another story we've been following for the last couple months, the ongoing drama with Lucha Underground. Well, it's confirmed this week that after they took legal action against the company, Joey Ryan, Cobra Moon, Evil Lease, and King Cuerno were released from their contracts. The lawsuit claimed they were being held to unfair contracts that made them lose money. But now there's speculation that King Cuerno could be coming to the WWE in the near future. Ooh. I'm glad it all finally came to a head, though. Finally, right? Finally. It's kind finally! Of a, kind of a disjustice. We talked about this with King Cuerno. We talked about with Evil Lease. They wanted to wrestle elsewhere to make some money, but their contract with Lucha Underground would not let them. So they kind of felt like they were prisoners. Especially with no season five of Lucha Underground in the works. Probably not even happening at all. Why hold on to a contract that aren't going to produce anything. Right. That's just torture. Right. So finally, they've seen the light and released these people, and hopefully the others will follow in suit. So it probably sounds like season five's... Unfortunately, yeah. Like 95% not happening. I will say 98, yeah. Yeah. But the, the way they left it off, I was so, uh, so hyped. Well, I guess not. Story of my life. Well, like a TV show gets canceled. Like like Unforgettable. <laughs> now the news. My girl Sunny's back behind bars in Pennsylvania. The beautiful hot sunny we just saw. Here you you just saw. They, they didn't see. Putty. But only if they're following us along, they'll watch her escort LB2000. Fair enough. Sunny was arrested and taken to jail on Tuesday for allegedly violating parole. Allegedly. She was on parole for guilty pleas submitted on her three drunken driving cases from 2016, three years ago. Now, if you remember, Sunny was also arrested on TOI back in February this year while driving in New Jersey. For those of you keeping score at home, this was her sixth Total arrest for DUI and her third within 12 months. And this is a girl that you're in love with. Woman I'm in love with. Putty, she's bad news. She was sentenced to a maximum of five years in prison back in 2016, but was given credit for 97 days served and then paroled. Now, here's some bad news. There's currently a hearing scheduled for April 5th in Carbon County. Her lawyer filed a petition to withdraw as her defense counsel. That, that's, that, that's, can't be, that can't be good. That's not good. Your girl's going away. Let me know how much bail money you need. If I win the lottery, the big Powerball, I'll bail you out. Dial it up, 619-343-3005. Or hit me up at Mike J. Putty. Don't, don't hate on Sonny. I'm just concerned about my friend here. You know, a, a girl like that, she's, she's, she's no good. Can we end some positive news? They'll be ringing after JoJo announced she's expecting her first child with Bray Wyatt. Is it really Bray Wyatt's kid? I assume it is. You see the picture? The tattoos on his, the guy's arm? Oh, man. Yeah. Wow. Apparently, the boy will be named K-N-A-S-H. Is that Nash? Silent K? Connect, what is it? Wait, what is it? It's K-E-N... No, K-N-A-S-H. Is it like Nash? Like Kanish? Is it Knash? Or is it Nash? Or is it Nash? Nash. Why, why the K then? <sighs> Celebrities and their names with babies, man. I, these babies are going to grow up to be people, and like, I fucking hate my parents. She said in a statement, and I quote, I'm so excited to announce baby Kanash. Nash. Lever. Coming this June. This has been the most beautiful, incredible experience of my life so far. I am so happy that I was able to use this time to enjoy this privately, but I'm ready to share it with you all. I could not be happier. Oh, in WWE Universe, we will be back when the time is right. So she's talking about, yeah, okay. I assume so. Good for them. I mean, she looks like she's ready to pop it out any second. Minute, right? <laughs> I don't keep this quiet for eight months. Right. Because last time she was on TV was, like, I think, New Year's back in... End of December. 
and she was gone for personal reasons. Now we know the reason. Yeah. That's four months. Maybe she's new for three months. She could be due any minute now. Good for her. Yeah, correlations. Good for them. That's all the news we got this week. Let's get into some shoes and heels. But not before. One last time. We celebrate our sponsor. The same man who sponsored us for the last, what, five weeks. Mania Crawls. If you want a pregame with some loud wrestling fans. No, Mark's going to do it now, right? Now that you come to WrestleMania, we're going to Hoboken, New Jersey, pregame. A little Uh, bit. I I don't know if I can survive that. We're going to find out. We're going to find out. (laughs) We have more details. Take it away. Uh, My name is Jamie Mazowskis. I'm the founder of Mania Crawl. Uh, I decided to start this event back in 2014 in New Orleans. Um, and We've been doing it ever since. Mania Crawl is an annual event that takes place the day of WrestleMania. It's a bar crawl that gathers passionate wrestling fans from all over the globe uh, for one electrifying time um, while also raising money for Connor's Cure. Mania Crawl 6 is going to take place on April 7th, the day of WrestleMania, starting at 12 o'clock. You can sign up for Mania Crawl 100% free by visiting our website, www.maniacrawl.com. Everybody in the WWE Universe is invited to Mania Crawl. Passionate wrestling fans, AEW fans, Ring of Honor fans, and especially the fans of Shot of Wrestling. Hey there. It's your boy at Michael J. Party, the host of A Shot of Wrestling. And this year we have partnered up with the folks over at Mania Crawl, the annual event that coincides with the showcase of the immortals, WrestleMania. This jaw-dropping, eyebrow-raising, trail-blazing bar crawl brings wrestling fans from all over the world together the day of WrestleMania. Through the use of social media, Various wrestling fan sites and the overwhelming support of the pro wrestling community, Mania Crawl has grown to serve thousands of fans across five different cities, including New Orleans, San Jose, Dallas, New York City, and Orlando. The event's goal is to raise money for Connor's Cure and the Children's Hospital. This year's event will be held in New Jersey the day of WrestleMania. What better way to pregame for WrestleMania 35 than hanging out with some rowdy, loud wrestling fans? What are we waiting for? Sign up for Mania Crawl at ManiaCrawl.com and get ready to take a shot. A shot of wrestling presents here and here. All right, Mark. Talk for some cheers and heels. Did you watch TV this week? Uh, well, I, I did what I could. I had a busy schedule this week, but I, I was able to catch up. I got cheer. You know, for some weird reason, I actually enjoyed Ronda Rousey saying, I don't even know what a beat the clock challenge match is. Well, it, Some it, sort of gimmick match, but who cares? It, it fits her whole thing. How it's all kayfabe, yada yada. What she did is legit. It, it, it fits. It works. But I was going to heal the beat the clock challenge because for what? Normally, beat the clock challenge has a point to it, like the term number one contender or a title or like a stipulation, something like that. But in this case, there was nothing. The yeah. fastest time. It made, it it made, no, it made no sense. Bragging rights, I guess. I guess. It was just awkward. Mm. It made no sense. 
I, I, I dig you on that. I Thank feel you. you. Appreciate it. Preach. I, uh, I have a cheers for uh, seeing Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle on Raw together in the same ring. Even though the the match itself, Kurt Angle come out with a surprise win. I loved how they said Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle have an extensive history. But this is the first time in the WWE. Yeah, well, they, they acknowledge it. They're doing more acknowledging of TNA as yeah. of late. But I'm going to heal Samoa Joe being on Raw. Why? Does Raw suck so much that they need to keep bringing talent from SmackDown? Well, they needed to bring Samoa Joe from SmackDown to have a match against Kurt Angle. The main event of WrestleMania for the Raw Women's Championship, two or three members are SmackDown competitors. But here's the thing, though. I mean, it's it's WrestleMania season, so they always do blur the lines during this time. And the shakeup's coming up. And the shakeup is coming up as well. You know, props will impact on their social medias when this was announced right before the match started. They showed the full-length match of Samoa Joe Kurt for the very first time. Ah, that's cool. In Genesis, I think it was 2011? 2012, but like props to them for keeping up with what's going on. Like because a casual fan like me would like want to watch that match because why would I watch this two old guys go? Right. Well, Samoa Joe is not really that well, old. I mean, I watch them in their prime. Right. Well done, Impact. Kurt Angle is still doing what he can. I, I, you seeing him? You, you are seeing him starting to slow down yeah. though. It, it, it is clear. Um, I have one other note for Raw. The same one. Is it Cheers? It's a Cheers. Triple H. Recording Spice Girls? Yes! <laughs> These are our best friends, man. That's our best friends. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want, what I want, what I want. <laughs> oh, that was great. You cannot be Triple H quoting from fucking Spice Girls. Oh, my God. That That's was fantastic. fucking priceless. And especially since, like, we all thought that, really, yeah. when Batista was saying this. <laughs> Nonstop for no reason. Right. Give me what I want. <laughs> He even quoted the whole wet mic with all his spit that Batista spewed out that one time. Yeah. Great job, Triple H. Loved me some Triple H. Great job. His promos are just always spot on. Spot on. on. Especially, especially this time, WrestleMania season, mm-hmm. he's just better and better. And I feel like his finger is always on the pulse of yeah. what uh, of of what the uh, the WWE universe is thinking. It's fucking hilarious. We have the same cheers for Triple H. It's awesome. It's like, what, two times in a row? We, yeah. we had... <laughs> no, last week it was... The last time was Batista. Yeah, but I cheered that you healed it. Yes, but yeah. we had the same, same last yeah. yeah, it was the same segment. All right, so we got for Raw. Yeah, likewise. Smackdown. We got to cheers at opening segment with New Day, DB, and McMahon. Well done. Great segment. Perfect. They're, they're playing, they're definitely playing this uh, this angle very well with uh, between Dana Bryan and the New Day, and it's great. Kobe's it, it's, Journey, and Vince McMahon. It's full circle how they're B-plus player people. Mm-hmm. When right. Dana Bryan was a B plus player, it was ooh right. It's great. I dig that. Um, cheers, Charlotte and Oscar. That match, okay, was fucking amazing. I cheers that match. Great match. Awesome match. And Charlotte won. Heel. Like, how do we have a women's championship match and nobody knows about it? The, the announcers are surprised. Oh, this is for the women's championship. Like, who even made this match? <laughs> Why did they make this match? It made no sense. I, you know what? I, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to give it some time because I want to see. We still have what? We, we still have another Raw and SmackDown. One week left. Yeah, one week left. Now let's see what happens. It, 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 it brings in a lot of questions. It makes you it, now. What's going on? Is are the title, are the um, the championships going to be unified? Are they both going to be yeah. on the line? Is what happens with Oscar? Is she going to get a rematch? I think last what's th- going to happen? I think last time we we're at your house. 
we did a Instagram live. I think it carried over to the show, but like the rumor was unifying the woman division on all three shows for the tag team titles. Right. Now are they also unifying the heavyweight championship for the women's division? Because I hope not. Each each show needs a woman's champion. Because that means no more Carmella being champion. It's gonna be hand tossed between Charlotte, Sasha, Becky. It's gonna be there's gonna be nothing to it. I'm hoping this is for the Raw Championship. I'm hoping it is for our boys over at Ramble Mania who posted the image of Becky, Bailey, Sasha, and Charlotte all with championships in the middle of the ring at WrestleMania. Hoping it's the whole Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero moment at WrestleMania 20 where all of them are in the ring holding titles. You don't think any of the belts should be unified? Women's division? No. No, but any of No, because the, the rosters are split. I've always had a problem with the roster split. Oh, I love the roster split. You do? It gives more people opportunity. I Jack mean, Swagger would never be champion. Zack Ryder would never be champion. But here's the thing. I, I feel like... It, Dolph Ziggler would never be champion. We're getting the same matches all the time around SmackDown because the Raw is, uh, the, the rosters are divided. But we, we got the same matches nonetheless. <laughs> it's the same people on, the, on TV. At least we get different people on different shows. I mean, I feel like, it, you know, if... The I, Miz, feel like, I feel the, like the roster is not that much different from back when it was in the Attitude Era. Okay. Kofi Kingston wouldn't be the main event if it wasn't for the roster's point. But here's the thing, though. What, what I'm talking about is better storylines. You know, to have more factions, maybe. to I, I don't know. To just, just make things more fresh. I'm seeing the... You, you're right. We're seeing the same shit over and over oh, and so over. The shakeup's coming. Mm, yeah, well. Give me another match I've seen fucking 5,000 times. Of the, speaking of the Miz, I'm going to Cheel. Cheel? I guess that's a mix of a cheer and a heel. The Miz, Shane McMahon segment. Great promos. But it kind of felt... A Shane as a heel felt forced. It didn't seem natural. It seemed like he was reading a script. It didn't come off well. Yeah, something feels off about Shane being a heel right now. Now, but he's yeah. he's played a heel before in the past. Twenty years ago, it was fantastic. Yeah. So I cheer, prop to see Shelton Benjamin on my TV. I'll take seeing him wherever I can get him because he's awesome. He should be more prominently displayed on either show. But would you say how do you say Miz is his face? Because I feel like for they tried it once before. It didn't work. Now, I feel it. I was worried. But so far, this feud is working. And the crowd behind him, which hasn't been the story in the past, face runs. But I'm enjoying it. See see how far this goes. Because, you know, people can relate. Because he's fighting for his dad. He's fighting for his hometown. It it, it makes sense. But I worry what happens from here. After the Shane storyline, what happens to the main character as a face? Does it carry over? Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. I have a cheer for the Usos. Okay. With their forfeit. Okay. I dig that. That was pretty cool to see. The, the nod of respect. Yeah, when they came out, I'm like, this, aren't they face? That makes no sense. Right. But, but, but they, they were like, wait, but they do have that long history with the New Day. It could go either way. And they put over Kofi amazingly in that segment. They did. So uh, good job to the, uh, the Usos. And speaking of Kofi, I, I'm going to give a huge fucking cheers to him to having that moment. Finally. Dude. Finally, going to WrestleMania, we're going to see it happen. Good for him. He deserves it. It was cool to see like the the roster come out and cheer him on. Charged up by Kevin Owens. Like, yeah, that was still that, weird. That, to still Kevin weird to face. see him as a face. Agreed. But you know what? Even though I mean that was they were told to go out there and do that. Yeah. They definitely had a genuine reaction to it. I think everyone generally wants to see Kofi. Absolutely. Deserves it. At least have this opportunity. This is where the wrestling business should be. The guys who deserve it should be. But. uh Superstar Billy Graham shits on it. 
Oh my God, I saw that. I don't even report what he says because it's just so so negative and so hateful. I'm like, who cares what you say? You're a decrepit old man. <laughs> but who was that new backstage correspondent, the hot blonde? Oh, I don't know. Who was this? Like, what, what happened to Dasha? Well, I guess one out in a couple weeks. <laughs> NXT. Who? 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 I knew. <laughs> who's who's Lacey Lane? I, I I don't know. You can't have two Lacys in the universe. No. You have, Lacey, you have Lacey Evans on the main roster now. You can't have Lacey Evans. You can't have two Lacys. Are they just going to call her Lane? Someone dropped the ball on that yeah. one. Although Lacey and Casey is a hot tag team name, though. Yeah. Way better than the fucking Boston Hug Connection. Something shitty fucking name. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel, putty. I will. <laughs> uh, cheers, Gargano's promo. Very good. Okay. Oh, my God. That was awesome. And he, translated, he, did, he did a follow-up on Twitter, too, the next day. Did he? Talking about his journey in general, I, I feel like promos like this always make sense. Like, is, that the, is that the one where he kept his rejection letter from 2015? Right, yeah. Okay. yeah. It, it just... If you want to, if you want to have a baby face, really go over. Talk about your journey. Talk yep. about you know all that you've overcome in pursuing your dream. You're going to win anyone over. And Gorgano did a really good job of that. So did Adam Cole it was great. Oh, Adam Cole is yeah. always very good. Bebe. So look out for NXT. I, cheers though to the Shayna Baszler. Of course, she looks poking on. Oh God, here we go. Uh, to the tag team match though, the Black and Ricochet against the Forgotten Sons. Yeah, that's right. That match itself was really damn good. It was a good match. Props to you for calling it. Called Ricochet and uh, oh yeah, yeah. Black winning. It was. It just seemed obvious to me. Yeah. But needless to say, great action all around. My problem is though, as as, as much as um, action that there was and the cool spots in there, I, I'm not a big fan. Sometimes of, like the, the no selling, you know. Mm, yeah. Towards the end of the match, I mean, the, the, all the shit that they went through to put their bodies in the, in the line and everything, you would think there would be. More banged up, you would think, right? <laughs> nope, nope. The There's Superman. The ex- I, I was just about to say. <laughs> so if I was going to heal anything, I would heal heal that. Next week is the showcase of the Immortals WrestleMania 35, which was the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> well, something we haven't talked about was the involvement of SNL's Colin Jost and Michael Che. Future Hall of Famers. <laughs> that's not. That's not funny because it's probably true. <laughs> now, does does Braun Strowman win here, or do they cost him this match? If they cost him this match, there has to be a payoff later on. He's probably going to win. Probably right. Yeah, the, become the first two time ever <sighs> Andre the Giant Battle Royal winner. That no one cares SNL, about. I'm a big SNL fan. I love Colin Jost. I love Michael Chance. I'm curious to see how this plays out. See what they do. Maybe they help him. Maybe. Or maybe Michael Che helps him eliminate Colin Jost. Maybe. The second annual Women's Battle Royal has been announced, which is pointless because Naomi never got her title opportunity for winning the first one. So why bother do it again? <laughs> uh, let's give it to Natalia, maybe? I don't know. Natalia. No, Natalia's not in it. So let's give it to Mandy Rose. Give it to Carmella. Okay. Buddy Murphy goes against Tony Nese for the Cruiserweight Championship. Good for Tony Nese, Long Island boy. Oh, yeah. Bobby Lashley goes against Finn Balor for the IC Championship. Finn Balor probably wins here, right? I don't care. But it's going to be the Demon. I, I really don't care. Yeah. The, 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 I don't know why. This, this, this build-up for this match fucking sucks. Roman Reigns against Drew McIntyre. I'm going to go with... You have to go with Roman. Samoa Joe gets Red Mysterio for the United States Championship. Samoa Joe. Really? I think something happens with Dom, too. 
who Eddie Guerrero's son. Right. Yeah. Because bring, it, that well, shit, well, bring that shit back. Yeah. Make sure he's Eddie Guerrero's son. Make him turn on Rey Mysterio. Like, why? Why has he been on the air the last couple of weeks? Like, you know, something has to happen. Yeah, something's got to do. Right. Finally, a match I'm looking forward to. AJ Styles is Randy Orton. I don't know who's going to win this one. AJ Styles probably. I can see either one. Uh, you know, just for the sake of argument, Randy Orton. Shane Man against Miz falls count anywhere. Match. Shane, go with the Miz. I, I I think I, I see something happening at the next pay per view with him to to end it off. I, I think Shane's going to win this one. Bailey and Sasha Banks defend their championship against Beth Phoenix and Natalia. Called the Divas of Doom. That's a cool name. The Iconics and Nia Jackson Tamina. Uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks. Yeah, I think they're retained. Yeah, I think so too. Kurt Angle still going against Baron Corbin in his farewell match. Something's got to give here. I don't think it's Baron Corbin. I Something's got to give. It's going to be John Cena probably. I don't know. Angle wins. Angle has to win. Yeah. Triple H versus Batista in a no holds barred match, and if Triple H loses, he must retire as an angering competitor, which means Triple H wins here. No, Batista wins. No way. No way. Triple H. Triple H, Here's the thing with wrestling: they they always put an angle in for him to come back somehow, some way. No one ever really stays retired, except I mean, for Shawn Michaels. Except but Shawn, yeah. but even uh, he Ash broke Ricks. that one eventually. But yeah, no, I think Triple H wins here. Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. I agree with Pete Rosado. I think Seth Rollins wins here. They've been playing a lot of promos here where it's giving you a suggestion that Seth Rollins will win. Brock Lesnar will do what Brock Lesnar wants. Brock Lesnar... Remember, Brock Lesnar is a place filler here. He's a place filler for what, though? Because How many times did we think he was going to lose and he has it? I'm going with Brock Lesnar. No, because Roman Reigns is supposed to be champion. If he didn't have leukemia, he would still be champion right now. So Brock Lesnar was a, was a place filler for the next couple months, and now things Seth, Seth Rollins finally slays the beast. Who know? Who knows what Brock's agenda is, though? Hey, we don't. We don't know if he's going back to UFC or not. But for who sure. know, Who cares? Yeah, the, the WWE universe should care because whatever uh, Brock wants, Brock gets. I don't care about fucking Brock Lesnar. Did O'Brien go against Kofi Kingston for the WWE Championship? Kofi, I agree with Peter's out again. Kofi Kingston has to win. Has to win here. Kofi wins here. Drops it in the next pay per view. No way. Or maybe oh. even SmackDown. No way. He has to hold it for a little bit. Mm, no. And in your main event, Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch for Charlotte Flair for, as of now, the Raw Women's Championship. Charlotte wins. I'm kidding. Becky Lynch wins. <laughs> Becky Lynch. Does Becky Lynch win the Raw Championship? Or does she win both of them? Yeah, this, that's what we don't know. Yeah. Now, how does Becky win? By pinning Ronda Rousey. Pinning Ronda Rousey. They're Ooh. not going to make her tap out. No. Pinning Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Because Ronda Rousey... Rumor going away for maybe a year, maybe more. Rumor, we don't know. So we'll see what happens. Not that great of a card on paper. Um, there, There's a lot of matches I would take out. Andre the Giant, Women's Battle Royale, pre-shows. Buddy Murphy, Tony Nese, deserving of the main show. I'm assuming he's going to be in the pre-show as well. Bobby Lashley, Finn Balor, we don't care about. Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, I don't care about. No. Samoa Joe, Mysterio, I don't care about. AJ Styles, Randy Orton, I'm looking forward to. Shipping Man, Miz, I'm looking forward to. Women's tag team match I'm not looking forward to. Not looking forward to. Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin I'm not looking forward to unless that changes. And of course, my main event, Triple H versus Batista. Everything else I don't care about. You don't care about Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar? No. I care about that one. I don't, I don't care. Uh, you don't, you don't want to see Seth Rollins slay the beast? I don't care. Okay, fine. I'm assuming Kofi King, Kingston wins here, so okay, good for him. I'm looking forward to that celebration of the match. No, I'll take that back. It's going to be a good match. <laughs> I, I hear myself saying Fickle. I see, I, Fickle 
Fickle. I can't stop saying that. It's going to be a good match. And then Charlotte, Ronda. You don't care about Charlotte, Ronda, and, and Becky? I do, but it's not going to be like a great match. You don't think it's going to be a great match? No. These three women are tearing it up. Yeah, but technical match-wise, it's going to be clusterfuck. I don't think so. I disagree. Ronda Rousey is going to be on the outside battling Becky Lynch. These women are going to be brutally brawling against each other. It's going to be cool to see. And Charlotte is going to be going to the top rope, moonsault from the outside, as she always does. Someone's going through a fucking table, because that's illegal, apparently. And a triple threat, yeah. It's going to be, uh, you know, a spot test. Mm, I think we're going to see some really cool moments in there, man. I, th- I mean, holy, I'm drunk enough by this point. I said I'm going to WrestleMania with two eight-year-olds, oh, so I can be flowing with alcohol. So we we counted basically com- combined six matches yeah. that we both want to see. Maybe throw in one of those other matches as a filler. You got seven seven matches we could probably have and have call it a night. But instead we're having a million. Yeah. <laughs> and what? maybe a 40-minute Florida concert. I'm kidding. Yeah, Florida. Good one. Well, we have an Elias concert, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to get yeah. Elias. Right. So that's uh, WrestleMania. Yeah. Not that impressed. Yeah, that's that's WrestleMania for you. In a heart, nutshell, eight hours. I think I'll tell you this off air, but this is your first WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. But to truly go to WrestleMania, you got to go away. Next year, let's go to Tampa. Me and you. <laughs> Trying to get Pete to go. Pete was a little hesitant. He let me know. Us three, the three best friends that anybody can have. See, you, you got to understand it. When you're talking to me, I, I'm not a normal human being. My schedule changes like that. So I, I cannot commit to anything a year in advance like that. Whatever. I am sorry, my man. You're not. I am. But WrestleMania, I mean, like I said, underwhelming. But uh, it should be a fun show. Drunker, the better. Your first time outdoors with your friends. Hopefully pregame with a shot of wrestling in the parking lot. Hopefully, man. I got to find you guys. I got to find you. I'll be with two eight-year-olds. <laughs> Plus, we got the uh, New Japan Supercard show. Right, whatever the MSG thing's going to be. Jay, Le- Jay Lethal's going to be the first men in, what, 60-plus years to main event. Garden does not affiliate with WWE. Props to him. That's huge. Also, there's a lot of indie events coming up this week. WrestleMania week, you got to have events, right? Especially in New York. Well, your boys here at A Shot of Wrestling are sponsoring one of those events on my favorite day of the week, Wednesday. Why is Wednesday your favorite day of the week? Woman Crush Wednesday. Oh, here we Battle go. Club Pro hosts their all-women show, Women Crush Wednesday, April 3rd in Brooklyn. Tickets are available at Facebook.com slash Battle Club Pro. Give them like Sue Young, Tasha Steeles, DeMonte from LAX, Maria Manic, my girl Vanity. <laughs> we have a little crush on since Queen of the North. Savannah Evans. So yeah, Women Crush Wednesday, Battle Club Pro in Brooklyn, New York. That's a very- Green Men will be there. It's a group of talented, talented ladies, man. It's going to be a good show. Looking forward to it. Can't wait. Great weekend of wrestling nonstop action. So if you're in the Tri-State area, you have nothing to do. There's an indie show going on somewhere, so definitely check it out. Right on, brother. Right on, right on, right on. How many of those shows are the Delhi Saints squad going to invade? You never know, right? <laughs> keep keep your head on a swivel? Absolutely, man. That's how we do, man. We got, we got, some, uh, we got some shit coming up. We're going to shock a lot of people in the months to come. What's it for this week? There's no show next week. We're going to take the weekend off to enjoy WrestleMania and those set events. Joey Janela has a show at the Hall of Fame, at the New Japan show, and our rate show, MSG. So we're off next week. Make sure you come back. Episode 161 in two weeks to hear. We recap WrestleMania, our WrestleMania weekend. But let's go to the bar and get some drinks. Oh, yeah, dude. These are 
and the shitty long week. What better way to chase allergy medication with alcohol? So. Doctor prescribed. <laughs> for the Hollywood's Zane Mark Schwann. For the voice of a generation, Pete Rosado for chiming in. For the Green Man and for Dominic De Niro and Chris Barton, the East Coast Syndicate. I've been your host at Budget Party until two weeks. Enjoy WrestleMania. Party out. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I need to announce it's last call at the bar. All right, everybody, we have made it to my favorite part of the episode. It is last call, and we are here with the East Coast Syndicate, Dominic De Niro and Chris Barton, baby. Now, it's going to be a little bit different tonight, guys. Tonight, we're going to play this or that. You guys are a tag team, so you guys should be gelling together as one unit. So this should be pretty easy for you. Are you ready? We're going to be broken up tonight. (laughs) And away we go. iPhone or Android? Android. iPhone. What? Facebook. That's why your selfies look like shit, bro. (laughs) Next question. Next question. Next question. Next question. Facebook or Instagram? Instagram. WWE or WCW? WCW. Depending what year. Hmm. De Niro? Yeah, WCW. Raw or SmackDown? I can't believe I just said that. SmackDown. <laughs> SmackDown. NWO, black and white or red and black? Red and black. Red and black. Nice. Tits or ass? Ass. Ass. Boxers or briefs? Briefs. Boxers. Biggie oh, or t- yeah, <laughs> Biggie or Tupac? I was, like, I was like holding that in from laughing, bro. We both <laughs> this was a really important one. Biggie or Tupac? Uh, Tupac. All right. Tupac. Liv Morgan or Mandy Rose? Liv Morgan. I quit. I quit. <laughs> I can't play this, game no, no. this isn't fair. What are you doing to me, bro? Nah, nah, nah. We got to live. We gotta, I, I got to live, bro. All right. Finally, gentlemen, beers or shots? Beers. I'm going to go with beers because you guys would not like me on shots. Awesome. (laughs) Well, brothers, thank you for joining us on A Shot of Wrestling, and we will be seeing a lot more of you guys very soon. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you so much. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. Ha, 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 ha. But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs>